0: like beer? Do you love sports and beer? Then you're exactly where you need to be. This is the Hughes, Views, and Brews show on 1252 Sports Chicago. Cheers.
1: How is everyone doing on this Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56? Hope you're having a wonderful time. Over my shoulder here, you can see, actually over this one, you can see uh, Super Bowl tickets from the five Super Bowls, the 49ers won. I bought this thing three years ago because I was thinking the Niners would win their sixth. Actually, my wife had bought it for me. And I said, you know what? That's only going to be good for a year because when they win their sixth, it will be obsolete. No, they haven't won. And uh, uh, no, I'm not wearing Niners stuff today. I thought I'd wear red for Valentine's Day, White Sox, Nike gear. Um, Linda told me, she goes, uh, maybe next year you won't do a show on uh, Valentine's Day and we can go out. Listen, we went out on Friday. So, you know, and then she came over yesterday along with my brothers and my sister, Collette. And uh, we had a great time watching the uh, Super Bowl. I can say something that not a lot of other people that watching out there can say. Unless you're at least, let's see, at least 60, I would think. Uh, For the 56th time, I watched the Super Bowl because I've seen every Super Bowl, obviously not in person. Uh, I only saw one in person. That was Super Bowl 19, the Dolphins and the Niners at Stanford Stadium. I had a chance to go there when I was working at Sports Phone, but I've seen every Super Bowl. The first one, which was basically called the NFC AFC Championship game, they named it the Super Bowl after the or for the third one, uh, but it was a, the AFC-NFC championship game. It was actually on two networks, and I'm guessing now, because I my memory's a little addled at this point, but I'm pretty sure it was on CBS and NBC at the time. Ray Scott was the guy that used to call a lot of the games. I had actually had a chance to meet Ray Scott, one heck of a guy. Uh, he told me in a cab ride back to an airport one day, he said, you know what, if you're going to get in this business, make sure you tell your significant other, there's going to be a lot of times you're not home. And uh, I told my significant other at that time. uh, And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of times I wasn't home, but not nearly as many as a play-by-play announcer. So, anyway, 56 Super Bowls, and the 56 yesterday was a very, very good one. And We will talk a lot about it. We'll bring our guy, Fat Mike, in in just a couple of minutes. Uh, We'll talk about the Super Bowl, talk about all the things that happened in the game, talk a little bit about halftime. We'll talk about all the other things that happened yesterday. I... uh, The pregame, believe it or not, started at noon. The game started at 5.30. And then they were doing a countdown on the pregame show on NBC. And they were counting down to the kickoff show, which started at 5 o'clock, even though the game didn't start till like 5.34. Because they had to have like seven different anthems. I'm surprised they didn't have an anthem for every nationality of every player that played in the game. Uh, But anyway, that's probably another story for another time. Um, But it was a fun day. Um, it's weird because sometimes when the game is so late, uh, you, you'd kind of like the game to be a little bit earlier so you could, you know, stay up, enjoy the game and continue partying and stuff like that. And we'll talk to Mike about that in a couple of minutes, but first it is Hubes, Views and Brews, and we'll talk a little bit about beer. Um, I made a few stops the other day and I stopped at Skeleton Key Brewing on Friday because they were... One of the eight breweries that got involved in the box of chocolates brew uh, beers and uh, eight breweries got together making four different beers. We'll talk more about that during the uh, beer segment after the commercials after we talk football. But I'm going to have tonight. It's the chocolate cream, okay? Chocolate cream, and it's got imper- it's an imperial stout with chocolate co- with cocoa nibs in it. It is um, high octane. Uh, 10.3 alcohol by volume, and this is a combination between Black Lung Brewing Company, have not been there yet, and Riverlands Brewing Company out in St. Charles. So they've combined for this, uh, it's a a wonderful idea. They make some stouts with sweet things for Valentine's Day. A couple years ago, four breweries did this, got together and put out a four-pack of bottles back then and um, Riverlands was one of them, and Skeleton Key was another, and I can't remember the other two. Shame on me. Um, But tonight I'm having the Chocolate Cream, and we'll talk about the other ones that are in the uh, four-pack. You can probably still pick them up at some of the breweries out there. Maybe Orange Brew in Downers Grove may also have them. Uh, So if you're a fan of stouts and sweet stouts with uh, strawberries and um, chocolate and vanilla cream or whatever, check them out. This one, again, uh, a chocolate cream. Let's give it a taste. Mm. Oh, the chocolate comes through. Very good. Very well. You should always say well. It's very well, not very good. But anyway, you can tell from the stout's got a little head at it. Not like some of the other beers. Not like some pilsners or things like that. But it's very tasty. A eh? chocolate cream, and uh, I will enjoy this throughout the course. Of the show and uh, listen, we'll have a little bit of beer talk and I do have a what's up Fred's can today. I just got to avoid talking about it when I'm talking football and um, it's funny because I had, I've had a lot of sports guys on and I will continue to have sports people on. But when I do not have sports people on, I like to have my sports guy on, which is Fat Mike and uh, Fat Mike, the guy that put together this 1252 uh, Chicago sports and uh, Mike joins us here. Probably, I don't know. Hungover, maybe. I don't know. Probably drank Oof. a lot yesterday. You know, enjoyed Ow. enjoyed imbibing on Super Bowl Sunday.
2: My body weight. I drank. I drank my body weight yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair to say. Uh, and I ate twice as much as that. So I mean, it was it was it was an eventful day yesterday. It was a great Super Bowl. I'm really happy with the Super Bowl. But man, oh man, yeah, I had a, I
1: had a few too many yesterday. Well, let's let's start with uh, preparation for the Super Bowl because I had some people over and I went and I ordered, I picked up pizzas from Malnati's, frozen pizzas. Okay, yeah, I yeah. picked up a a, che- uh, a sausage and a pepperoni. Now they're not huge; they, they cut them in six, so there's like twelve pieces of the two pizzas. My sister brought a pizza, uh, a thin crust one. Then I made, taking a uh, uh, a sign from you and from Megan, your lovely mm-hmm. wife. I made meatballs. Uh, Linda Ah. and I went and picked up, we picked up pre-made frozen Italian meatballs, and we mixed them with the grape jelly and the chili sauce, and I had them sitting here in the crock pot. They smelled so good all day long, and I could not believe when the night was over, there were some left. Thank God, because I gave Linda some today, and I've got some for as soon as the show's over. I'm going to watch the Bulls and the Blackhawks. Hawks start, I think, at 8 o'clock against Winnipeg tonight, and um, I will enjoy some of those. But, uh, yeah, those, those were are great. And, those are dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you did the Italian
2: meatballs. That's a little different. I usually do the all beef.
1: But the yeah. Italian
2: ones on occasion, it's just a different taste, different seasoning on the meatball. It makes it, makes it a little better. It was bit good.
1: Better. Yeah, they're a nice size. And uh, when we went to look, when there were turkey meatballs. I said, nah, not, th- not today. Um, <laughs> not that they're probably not okay. But we said, you know what, let's grab the Italian ones. And, and it worked out pretty well. Now, there were more meatballs than they they tell you in the recipe. Um, and I was concerned at first because it didn't look like there was enough jelly and chili sauce, mm-hmm. but you know what? It worked out perfect and uh, they were all coated and everything was great. And like I said, they were, they were wonderful. Then Linda came over and we had the mini hot dogs wrapped up in the crescent rolls. Yes. Those, there were none left of those. Yep. those. Go oh quick. my God. Those, those are, go I took like five and I came back for <laughs> seconds. Gone. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely go Gone. Quick. Those yeah, you know, my it. brothers, my brothers, Timmy and Barry were here and my sister Colette and her, uh, her guy and her, her son. And uh, yeah, they, they polished those off pretty quickly. So we had a great time. I only had one beer throughout the whole show or <sighs> throughout the whole game yesterday. Um, just one. I had a beer I wanted my brother to taste. So I had a uh, a stout from uh, Black Horizon Brew Brewing, but that was it. I wanted to watch the game. And I didn't have to take notes. They said, what? And they go, no yellow pad this year? I said, no. I don't need a yellow pad. I'm not going on the air the next day. Now, I knew I was coming here, so I got up this morning and I watched Get Up this... Well, I taped Get Up and then right. when I got up, I actually watched it and watched Greeny and uh, Orlovsky and Saturday and all those guys and Dominic Foxworth break down the game and what they thought about it. So, I want to talk about some of the stuff they said, too, um, because I was pulling for Cincinnati. I took I thought I took Cincinnati with the points. Then when I went back and looked at my bet, I took them on the money line, which didn't pay off very well. But uh, with the points, they were getting four points early in the week. They covered people that took – I said on your show last Thursday, I said I took Cincinnati 24-23. I had the Rams, and I could have had – it might have gone to overtime. That's what Joe Burrow said they were hoping to get, um, to get a field goal and go at least – at least get a field goal and go to overtime. But the Rams come out winning 23-24. I want to go all the way back to the very beginning of the game because on the Bengals first possession, they have a fourth and one at midfield. And as soon as they failed on third down, I said, they're going for it. Right. And a lot of people disagreed with that. I know Mike North was all over uh, Twitter yesterday saying it because of analytics and all the other stuff. I had no problem with them going for it because they had already stopped the Rams in the first series. Okay. And I said, this is okay. Things will be fine. And then it turned out it wasn't so fine as right. uh, the Rams went downfield and scored. What was your thought as soon as you saw that they were going to go for it on that fourth and one?
2: So it's the biggest game of the year. You, you, the, the Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor as their head coach have played their ass off and been amazing throughout this playoff run here, starting with Oakland, moving on, advancing. Uh, who else? They, they, they beat the Chiefs two weeks ago, but there was another team that they that they beat too. Tennessee, uh, Tennessee. Thank you. Yes, being right. the number one seed in Tennessee after Joe Burrow gets creamed nine times in that game and still pulls out a victory out of nowhere. And you move on to Casey, who they beat in Week 17, which had to make them feel really confident. You know what I mean? We've done this. We beat them. We We can do this again. And they did do it again. And they advanced to the Super Bowl. It's the biggest game of the year. Uh, yeah, we've seen some things happen where it's okay. You take those chances, like a fourth and one, or like an onside kick at halftime, like what Sean Payton did. And sometimes they pay out. It was too early for that to be done, uh, in my opinion. In my personal opinion, you're at the forty-nine yard line, and right. if you don't get it, if if you're ten yards more, ten if you're at, if you're at their forty-one, go for it. A fourth and one, go for it because then you're still pinning them back. They're still in their territory, right? They were in Bengals territory. That's what killed me. That's what killed me the most about it. I was like, okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean, at the time I was like, yeah, I mean, I probably would have done the same thing, but looking back, I mean, always hindsight is twenty twenty. but I mean, there's three plays in that game yesterday. There's three things in my opinion that ruined the Bengals chances of winning that game yesterday. And that's why well,
1: I know I, I saw you on Twitter and you basically said F Zach Taylor. So yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I knew you weren't real happy with him. Um, um, the game gets underway. The Rams are playing well. And um, Odell Beckham looked like he was going to have the game of his life. I yeah. mean, he, he was getting open had no answer. No, they really didn't early. They had no answer for him. He scores a touchdown early. Then he has that knee injury. At first, it was such a weird shot because it looked like the ball bounced off his knee. And then you right. realize that he actually had the knee problem and the ball came in and everything else like that. He goes out of the game. That had to be some encouragement for the um, Bengals secondary because they knew at that point they only have to worry about one guy, you would think, and that being Cooper Cup. And actually, after that injury happened, it did, they did play well. You didn't see a lot right. of Cooper Cup after that injury. Um, but there were so many things in the game, okay, and one thing I don't want to hear from the new Bears uh, general manager, I don't want to hear the Bears have gone and tried to help their quarterback position and have signed Eli Apple. Right. I hope that never happens. And right. uh, Eli Apple is a guy, he's made a couple of decent plays, but he got scorched throughout the uh, throughout some of these playoff games. He's made a good play here and there. And I know, I guess that always happens, is that your quarterback's going to get beat by good receivers. But um, – that you know, and it's so rude. I don't know if you saw this, but there's been NFL players tweeting all night long since right. yesterday. Tweeting, At Eli hey, Apple, yeah, yeah. Hey, Eli, if you would have played better, you guys could have won the Super Bowl. That's just flat out
2: mean. Well, well, first off, Eli Apple is one of the biggest shit talkers out there, so he deserves okay. everything that's coming to him. Okay, he's one of those guys where he'll have one pick. Like, this year alone, I think he had two picks this season. He was talking mad trash to everybody else. Like, oh, yeah, I picked off Tom Brady. Dude, come on now. Like, really, dude? Like, stop. Yeah. Like, you act like you've been there before is one of my things. But, like, also, don't talk shit if you're easily beat. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like that's like me going up against me talking shit to Bobby Fisher playing chess. I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, you suck. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Like, you you just don't do that. So, yeah, he he, 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 Apple deserves every little bit of trash talk he's getting towards his way.
1: Yeah, there there are so many things in this game. When you look at a Super Bowl, there's so many different things. Um, You think that uh, Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup are going to be guys are going to be put up, put up a lot of yards, get a lot of catches. They didn't until the last drive. Um, Cooper Cup after Beckham went down. Really, they didn't um, they didn't go his way. Higgins is the only guy receiver that had 100 yards yesterday. The other two, even though you had Chase with a 75-yard touchdown, he didn't hit 100 yesterday in his his, uh, receiving for the game. It would have been nice to get to him. But you mentioned how Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in the Tennessee game, seven more yesterday. Right. And we all knew going in. 19 in total in this playoff run. 19 in the postseason. We knew going in. That in order for them to win the game, they had to keep some. They had to keep the guys off of Burrow. But you know what? For the most part, Burrow was able to get rid of the ball early. Right. Even some of those sacks early didn't seem to be, you know, really big um, game stoppers. You know, it um, they, they were bad on third down. Three for fourteen on third down. That's really yeah. difficult. The Rams weren't much better. So it's an interesting game because it was close, but it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it's not the kind of Super Bowl that a lot of regular fans like they'd like to see a lot of scoring up and down the field the over-under we talked about last Thursday was 40 what 48 and a half yeah 48
2: and a half well yes,
1: you know they, they got 43 it was definitely under and um so I, I would like to see a little more offense but for the most part I thought it was a real enjoyable game
2: yeah I mean I, I was in the same boat I mean the the, the thing about yesterday's game even though it, it it clocked and registered underneath the under of the 48 and a half, Right. is that there was action back and forth, back and forth. It was like, you know, there was big play, big play, and then the defense would come up for something, you know, come up with another big play, a batted ball down, or what? who who, who was that? I think it was uh, Aaron Donald that swatted that one at the line as the Bengals were starting to move again. It was like, what is going on? Yeah. So there, there was action back and forth. It wasn't a snore fest, like a 6-3 field goal game or anything like that. There was scoring. And there was ball
1: movement, so that was that was really nice. There, there's a lot of things in the game. I mean, a huge drop by Boyd, uh, where the, where the mm-hmm. Bengals are going for a first down. The balls, the game's right there, and um, you see that he he looks. He lo- it's funny. I'm sitting right next to Lyndon and goes, "You got to look at the ball before before you turn your <laughs> head." And I'm going, "Yeah, I guess I don't have to say anything." My sister was saying the same thing, and it's great when the two women in the uh, in the, at the party were saying it because uh, they were love watching the game, but. I was hoping to see a little bit more from Jamar Chase. I was hoping to see a little bit more from um, from the running back from Cincinnati, Mixon. And I know, I think one of your problems was that in the final play of the game, yes. the third down and yes. the fourth down, I think, Mixon yes. wasn't out there. Now, yes. they talked about that this morning. And I'm trying to figure out because all the experts, quote experts, as I'm doing the air quotes, the quote experts say that if your third down package – doesn't have Mixon out there, if you have him out there, it's basically telling everybody he's going to get the ball. So I kind of understand that part. But also, you had you had Joe Mixon, who was having, actually having a pretty good game. Yes. Um, he didn't catch the ball as much as we thought he might have been able to. But he was able to run the ball, and you thought Uh, you know, on a third and a fourth and one, that he'd be out there to get you one yard. That's probably when you you came up with the uh, the tweet you had.
2: Yeah, no, I I was not happy with that. We've seen how fast, especially on that drive alone. uh, The St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, came out and ready ready to pounce on Joe Burrow. Yeah, especially after Joe Burrow kind of winced on the drive before, with a couple drives before with his knee. The Rams were all over him like white on rice. Like they, they really were. So at that point, the only play, the only play on that third and one, fourth and one, in my mind, is to set up heavy backfield. Go, go to running back with Mixon in the backfield. You're one yard away. You have two chances to get the first down. Go for it. At that point, at that specific point in the game, Joe Mixon was falling for three yards. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, you literally took the ball out of your. Out of your your Gainer's hands to to, to do a pass to to do a pass play with Aaron Donald coming off that side again. I mean, it was dangerous. I mean, it just, it's it, that, that's where I was like, I was baffled. It's third and one. No, it's fourth and one. No, right. again, what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? And that's again. I'm just a, I'm I'm an armchair. I'm a, you know I'm I'm the couch coach. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we all are.
1: Yeah, it's just
2: it, 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 that was baffling. It was
1: baffling. Well, here's here's some of the things that bothered me in the game, especially after the game, too, and this morning. They're talking about how that might have been one of the greatest final drives that the Rams had. They might have forgot about the Niners and, and Joe Montana moving the ball downfield and throwing to John Taylor and scoring and beating the Bengals way back when. Uh, but anyway, when that happened for the Niners, they didn't get three penalties on four plays to help set the Rams up. Right. Now, I understand. I understand that Higgins grabbed Jalen Ramsey by the face mask and turned his head around. Right. I don't care. I hate Jalen Ramsey. I was I was <laughs> laughing every minute of it. Every, I posted about it. I said, beating Jalen Ramsey for a touchdown. Love it. And they said, well, did you see what happened? I said, I don't care. Right. Because Jalen Ramsey's a punk as much as Eli Apple's a punk. Right. And – and all I heard was people talking about how good Jalen Ramsey is. And it's funny because Chris Collinsworth did mention during the game yesterday, he said, you know, we talk about Jalen Ramsey being so good. He goes, but if that was the last touchdown that Tom Brady ever threw, after retiring, the last touchdown he threw was against Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey got beat for touchdowns, I think, in every one of these playoff games.
2: Yep, I think so you're right. So Jalen
1: Ramsey is not the best quarterback. The best quarterback is the guy we mentioned last Thursday when we talked about you know, five of the best athletes of all time. And we mentioned Deion Sanders. And that was a situation where teams were afraid to throw Sanders weight. Right. Teams are not afraid to throw at Jalen Ramsey's guy. Right. And they, Ramsey had a great play at the goal line. when he took the ball and knocked the ball away, almost intercepted it with T Higgins on that pass. They explained very well about the way they play the, their secondary. They look at the line they look at the setup and figure out who the ball's going to go to, and that's who, that's who Ramsey covers. I thought that was a great breakdown. Uh, it's tough sometimes when you watch a game like the Super Bowl. People in the room, you don't always hear the broadcast, and we'll get into the broadcast too for a, a couple of minutes, but I thought that was a great breakdown because you're trying to figure out why is, why is he on Higgins and not on Chase at that right. time when the ball's that close to the goal line. It was a great play by uh, Raheem Morris and the, uh, the, the Rams secondary.
2: Well, they, they use him as a floating cornerback because he is that good. And I mean, this as much as I don't like Jalen Ramsey, he is in in today's NFL. In my opinion, he is the best cornerback in today's NFL.
1: I'm going Kendall Vildor.
2: Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> Jesus, I, I've seen. I, I'm I'm pretty sure the the tackling dummy robots can beat out him for a pass.
1: Well, there's the cornerbacks at Lockport after winning the 8A, I would probably yeah. take one of them over yeah. Kendall Vildor. Exactly. At least yeah. right now. I'm still yeah. giving Vildor a chance. Vildor's yeah. <laughs> starting his third year. I'm still giving him a chance. So yeah. we'll see what
2: yeah. happens. I, yeah, I think you're the only person still giving him a chance.
1: <laughs> I All right, I like, he,
2: it was. He, the, the, we were talking, that was one of those plays there. We just talked about the other fourth and one at the end of the game there. right? That was the one other play that I thought really determined the outcome of this game. Okay, like it, Just the, the, the play calling itself. The other one was Vernon Hargreaves the third? All right. Everybody get what used an to ass. this name. Everybody get used to this name because that was the single-handedly most dumbest penalty I have ever seen in Super Bowl history. And that will go down in a flame of glory with him being a dumbass, complete not even dressed, not yeah. even dressed after a touchdown or after an interception off of Matt Stafford, giving you a 10-yard penalty. Yeah. What
1: a dipshit late 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 in the first half in a situation where you know stafford motions for his receiver to go deep he throws deep to jefferson i think it was and bates interception and all of a sudden here he comes holding onto his phone with his earbuds still sticking out jumps out into the end zone and i'm going to complete ass when he gets they get a penalty instead of starting at the 20 they're at the 10 now if they could have got a first down Maybe McPherson comes in, and kicks a field goal because exactly. they knew they were getting the ball to start the second half. Exactly. And it could be 13, was, 13 going into the half. I don't care what he does and how much they might have liked him. Today he's released.
2: Yes, I would I would have left him in Los Angeles. Oh Find your own way back. You're done. You're off this squad. And it yeah. goes it goes to saying too this is one thing that's been Cincinnati's Achilles heel for years. Even with with Marv Lewis as their head coach, completely undisciplined. Yeah. Undisciplined, they've always had some, some brain fart somewhere with one of their players, Von Perfect now, this guy who's not even playing, right? All right? They'd be like, What are you doing? Stay, you just stay in the locker room, you're not here to dress, you're just staying here. Just stay here, yeah. You know, it's that was the other one, in my opinion. Those three plays right there really drew the outcome of the
1: game. But well, here's go- what, go ahead. I'm sorry, Fred. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, Here's one of the plays that was really. A uh telltale on that drive, it's third down, and they call a penalty um, on Wilson from a pass interference call saying he held Cooper Cup. I've not heard one person today say that should have been a penalty. Not one. Right. And the worst part about it is on that play, both tackles from the Rams are already backing up before the ball snapped. It should right. have been blown dead, it should have been a false start, and it should have been third down further back five yards further right. back who knows what happens at that point if in fact the Bengals can get a stop that is fourth down who knows what happens at that point that was a key factor because as I mentioned Eli Apple did hold cup he got called for a pass interference the ball gets down to the water or whatever but I understand that was bad but that was a brutal call and one that shouldn't have been made and Tony Dungy who was, was in the studio yeah, and I don't know if he—I don't know if he talked about it after the game. I didn't watch any of the post-game stuff, but he said the officials ignored all the violations for 58 minutes and 39 seconds. Then they started to make calls. He said that was bad, and it could not have been worse. I understand that Higgins should have been called for the pass interference, right. but if you're not going to call that, and then right. you call three penalties on the final drive that allows the Rams to score, that's crap.
2: Right. And now listen, I know like I like we already established last night I was my f- <laughs> fair share, you know, sheets to the wind. Okay. But I mean it, it seemed like in that last minute and minute and 12 seconds or whatever the hell it was, it seemed like I mean I don't I don't want to say it because I know it's not true. I know no, it's not true. It's but not- it seemed like it seemed like it was LA's game no matter what Cincinnati did. Yeah, and it was it was like no, you know, and like I don't want to say NFL rigged because it's not true. It's not true. If the NFL was rigged, the Bears would have four Super Bowls already by this point because they're the the, the lifeblood of the charter the, franchise. The charter right, franchise. It's yeah. not rigged, guys. It what it is is that the refs, like you said, and like Tony Dungy said, they just decided to you know actually officiate the game the last minute and twelve seconds of the game. That's, yeah, that's you all. Can't that. You can't, can't do that. You no. can't do that. You can't do that.
1: Absolutely. You know, can't I, understand, do that. I
2: understand that you don't want to get noosed n- and you know strangled as a ref. And I, I get that that they've been under scrutiny for years now, especially in these big games like this, with whether it be Green Bay and Dallas, Green Bay San Francisco games, yeah, uh, the Patriots games and stuff like that. They've been they've been beaten, batter these refs have been getting the shit kicked out of them for years now. But if you're gonna call it, if if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, do it. Do it. Don't do it half assly. Do it no. full assly, no. and be a shit ref the entire game, not the last minute and a half of the game.
1: Yeah, I got three or four, other, three or four other things I want to make sure I get to. the The touchdown to Cooper Cup in the back of the end zone where he gets hit, and there's two flags, one on each team, and they had to play the down over again. They got to do something about this um, wide or cornerbacks or safeties hitting receivers. That's what they're supposed to do. They're right. supposed to hit the receiver so the guy doesn't hold on to the ball. There's no way that was a flag on the quarterback that hit Cup in the back of the end zone. I'm sorry. You can't call that. They're trying right. to protect everybody. And that would have been another Rams penalty that would have set them back. Right. But because it was um, you know, penalties on both teams, the ball you know, comes that's... back and they right, they play the, do the down over again. That's one thing. Another one. Well, two things. Thursday was the uh, NFL Honors show yes and I talked about this for a couple weeks Cooper Cup should have won the MVP of the league forget about Tom Brady forget about Aaron Rodgers who won the MVP Cooper Cup won the triple crown of receivers he had the most catches the most yards most touchdowns for a receiver this year in the NFL he should have won it last night his he went he had four catches. Uh, Stafford won four for four for 39 yards to Cooper cup on the final drive. First of all, you're set. You're Cincinnati. Don't yeah. cover anybody else. Skronik or whatever's not Scronic. is not going to beat you. Right. Okay. At that time, he's going to go to Cooper cup. You got to have him covered. They didn't do it. So Cooper cup wins the MVP. And we'll talk about that in a second, but the biggest play Cooper cup had the fourth and one jet sweep. And he gets the first out. Now yeah. it was a great call. But the run was better because if he would have run, ran all the way to the sideline, he wouldn't have made it. Right. He cut it up. He, cut it he up kept field.
2: it inside. Yeah, he kept he it made, inside.
1: He made seven yards. He cut it upfield. And that was one of the key plays of the game. It doesn't get talked about much today. And if I hear one more person say that Aaron Donald should have been the MVP, and I don't know how – I have not talked to you about this. I purposely didn't do it. for the game, Aaron Donald had four tackles. Right. He had two tracks and four tackles. If you give him the MVP because of the last two plays of the game, talk about a horseshit thing. <laughs> Cooper Cup had two touchdowns. He right. had the big first down when they needed it on fourth and one. He should have won the MVP in the regular season. Cooper Cup is a guy that from Eastern Washington, nobody knew who the hell Cooper Cup was, okay? And maybe they did. I'm not a college guy, so like I said, I don't right. know a whole lot about Cooper Cup, but this guy. Third round selection. Of- I mean, not too many people knew about him. Third round selection. He he dominated the NFL this year. Every time he was in a game, he came up with big plays for the year, start of the season till the end of the Super Bowl, 22 touchdowns.
2: Yeah, okay, he has been unbelievable.
1: Yeah, Gail Sayers did that once. Uh that yards. Yeah, I know. And absolutely amazing. And that's a good two seasons for a lot of guys. For a right. Bears receiver, that's a good three or four seasons. For, okay. a, for
2: for a Bears for Bears receivers, that's every wide receiver combined yeah, on the team right. for a season.
1: You're right. So I there was no way in my opinion Aaron Donald deserved the MVP. Sure, he made two great plays in the last two plays of the game. That does not des- you do not deserve an MVP for that. Right. And it kind of goes back to Super Bowl 20 because Super Bowl 20 Richard Dent gets the MVP. Okay. Right. Fine. You want to give him the MVP. Not don't don't think he necessarily deserved it in a 46 to 10 game. But anyway, I don't know how many points he scored. But anyway, um, yeah, Aaron Donald did not deserve the MVP. But we talked so much leading up to the game about the offensive line for the Bengals. I don't know if you saw this stat. The Rams had an eighty-two percent pass rush win rate. Yeah over the Bengals. Eighty-two <laughs> percent and, and that's you know, that's that's I,
2: I get into a, I get into arguments with everybody all the time. All right. And th- I was listening to your 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 former uh, your former co-workers, Carmen and Yurko today. Yeah. On crosstalk. With Cap and Jay Hood, and what they were saying, were, it was looking back now again. Again, like I said, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But was Jamar Chase the right selection at that point? Instead of an offensive lineman. instead, line, instead of Penny Sewell, instead of um, the the kid out of uh, the the offensive lineman out of Northwestern here, uh, Slater. Right. All right. Yes, Jamar yeah. Chase is. That's the reason you're there. Right. Is Jamar Chase and his three touchdowns in week 17 yeah. against the Chiefs yeah. or in week 18 or whatever the hell it was. All right. That's the reason you got there. Now, the Bengals know what they need to do. They got to protect their number one asset. If the Bengals go off this draft or in this, in this offseason and do anything else besides draft O line, it's time to fire that GM because that guy's a moron. You have arguably. In my opinion, honestly, this is no bullshit. Joe Burrow is the most exciting quarterback to watch in today's NFL. In my opinion, him and Justin Herbert, both those guys are awesome. It can go either way. They're they're great. I I love watching the youth, and the AFC is going to be great for years to come.
1: You gotta protect him, or yeah. else you're going to kill the flipping guy. You're going to here's them. the here's the nice part. They've got fifty one million under the cap. Yeah. Okay. The Bengals do because all these guys are young. Okay. Burrow's young. Chase is young. They're all under rookie contracts. They've got money to spend. You can go out. You right. You can go on out and get the best offensive lineman available in the free agency. Okay. You can do that, and they need to do it. A couple guys. They got to get at least two because those guys were just looking at each other as everybody was as Von Miller was going one way and Leonard Floyd was going one way, and all of a sudden here comes Aaron Donald. It was brutal. Absolutely yeah. brutal. You're right. They yes. got to protect them. I don't know if you heard this, but Dan Orlovsky said that Joe Burrow is not too far away. And again, ESPN, they, they say stuff to make it, you know, it's they go takes. over the it's top. Hot kind of, garbage, Yeah. Kind of like Chris Collinsworth does. They go over yeah. the top. Okay. And J- Orlovsky said something that was interesting. He said Joe Burrow's not, he's about one or two years away from becoming Andrew Luck. And he explained it. He said Andrew Luck was a really good quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah. They had no offensive line. The Colts didn't help him, and he got out of the game. Right Now, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to do that, okay? Because Joe Burrow – so no, Joe Burrow – the offense was really good. They 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 did a lot of good things. Um, maybe fixed the running game a little bit. Maybe get a fullback. I know that's something you, they don't do in the National Football hey, League. I like the fact, guys. I know Uzama. Listen, they lined up Uzama back there a couple times. Maybe they should have done that a couple times more. Fourth and one to run the flipping ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then after the game, after the game, McVay said they saw the fourth and one when they set up in the uh, shotgun. They said Aaron Donald's going to get him. There's no way they're going to pass yeah. off. And they showed throughout the course of the day that Jamar Chase was about five yards past uh, Jalen Ramsey down the right right side. Right. Right. And Burrow could, had no time to get there. He couldn't throw the ball to him. So right. uh you know I, the but what you said though is the AFC is so damn good with young quarterbacks, with Mahomes and Herbert and all these guys. It's not going to be easy for these guys to get there and I still I'm not throwing Derek Carr out because you know what another player or two that the Raiders team is right there too, right. and um it's going to be fun going forward. It's a sad day actually when the nF when the Super Bowl's over, yeah, it sucks. It's a sad day because, you know, now for the next, she's for the next four, well, let's see, this is February until draft. September, until September, right. right? Until September, we have no football. Right. And that sucks because you wait all season for the game and 17 weeks weeks later, it's over, especially if you're a Bears fan. For the most part, it's over, you know, the 17th and 18th week. Okay. For a Bears fan, did, it's over week four. I did not mention one last thing before we take some uh, commercials and talk some beer um i did not talk about the halftime show because Uh, i am an old man and i like i do not like hip-hop or rap and i actually have a snoop Dogg album nobody believes me but i have (laughs) his his album called bush that had california roll on it with with uh pharrell williams and and i went on a driving trip listened to the whole album really good liked it a lot but i have no desire to listen to dr Dre. i loved uh, straight out of Compton as a movie. My brother and I were talking about it yesterday. Great movie. I'm not listening to the music, right. so at halftime, that was the time I go to turn the oven on to warm it up for the frozen pizzas. Okay, uh, I didn't watch one second of the halftime show, and I'm not going to comment. I mean, like, I'm not going to comment on it because I didn't watch it, and I don't think people that don't like the music should comment on it. You don't like the music, don't watch. Okay, right. and so, but I know you are a music guy, and you're a yes. funny guy. Because you like you know, I tune into you sometimes before the show, and you're listening to Black Sabbath right and and but you're also a guy, you along with Paul, I think Paul more than you, Paul Ivnik from uh, Nick and Ivy, yeah. he loves his rap and hip hop, but yeah, Paul Paul's
2: a big rap guy, Paul's a big rap guy,
1: yeah. But your thoughts on the halftime show and anything you say will be new to me because I didn't watch any of it.
2: Yeah, see, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I, I will say one thing I'm surprised that 50 Cent no longer looks like 50 Cent. He looks more like a full dollar. He he really pumped up and pudged out. He looks like he's been having a few too many uh, 50 Cent cupcakes, I think. But gotcha. He, he kind of got fat. But, um, I mean, coming from a fat guy, I can say it. So, um <laughs> Uh, no, I, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Is it the best halftime show I've ever seen? No, I still think Prince is number one in my book. Paul McCartney yeah. was great as well, um, but it was it was great. I mean, I saw a meme today that perp- that perfectly described yesterday's halftime show. People fifty and over, mm, I don't like the halftime show. Right. People thirty and younger, who are these people? Everybody in between that age bracket thought it was the greatest thing ever. And yeah. it, it was awesome. I, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I liked Mary J. Blige. I liked the Dr. Dre. I loved the Snoop Dogg. Eminem coming out. Fifty Cent making an appearance was nice. It was a great time. It was. It was a lot of fun. I. I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like uh, people that like listening to rapper hip hop like like the halftime show, like you said, and I yeah. saw that same mention. Um, but you're right. The people under 30, who are these guys? And, uh, over 50, like I said, it was a perfect time for me at that (laughs) point. My brother went out on the front porch, had a cigar. My other brother went upstairs. All of a sudden they turned around. All of us were upstairs. None of us were in the basement (laughs) because no, but none of us really cared to watch the halftime show because it's not our music. So, and like I said, that's fine. But obviously Evan McPherson liked it. How does the kicker from a, from a team in the NFL at the super bowl not go in at halftime he stands on the bench and listens to the whole halftime show hey he's the kicker what, what's it what, not like you've drawn up special plays for Evan McHugh? He I know the upright you know I wonder I don't know if anybody's asked him or if I've seen it posted anywhere but I wonder if anybody asked him if he asked for permit, permission to watch because I'm sure he was standing out there enjoying the hell out of it and uh you know it, it, it he did everything he could do for the Bengals this year. And uh they pretty much knew if they got within range, he would tie that game up. So yeah,
2: I mean I was hoping, man. I was really, really so hoping was I was I was hooding it with the best of them yesterday sitting here. Again, yeah. like I said, I was drunk. I'm mad enough to admit that, but I was hooding really loud.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, I'm drinking a 10 and a half percent now. I'm almost uh, more than half done, Mike. Appreciate it. You're back. You're back on Wednesday this week.
2: I will be back on Wednesday this week. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, we're going to be talking Super Bowl. We're going to be talking baseball. Hopefully, they can get their shit together. What's that? What is that? Yeah, exactly. What is baseball? Exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it right now, yeah. too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'll be back let,
1: on Wednesday. Let's play some spots. We come back. I want to talk about a couple of things. that we got to what's up, Fred's Can? I want to talk a little bit of beer, and I'm going to enjoy some of this. So Thanks I appreciate very, you jumping Fred. on. We'll be back in cut just a minute.
2: I appreciate it man thanks you take care
0: hello this is paul from nick and ivy brewing company we are located at 1026 south state street in historic downtown lockport illinois we are very excited to be partnering up with the fat mike chicago sports show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend. Or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up to date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N I K I V Y brewing.com. Come in today for fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations and, most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full service real estate brokers and a dedicated full time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708 708- 308, 1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darrendine.
1: Hey, Susie, thanks for hooking me up with the Fat Mike Markdown on my insurance rates at State Farm. This is awesome.
0: No, 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 Mike. The Fat Mike Markdown is not a real thing.
2: I don't believe that for a second. Let me repay you the favor and tell you and all my friends about the Fat Mike Markdown.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, that's just fine considering that State Farm just gives
2: everyone surprisingly great rates. You heard it here first, folks. So give Susie Sheehan over at State Farm Agency a call and ask for the Fat Mike Markdown. It's the best. For the real deal, give us a call at 815-306-0184 or go to SusieSheehan.com to request a quote. My team at the Susie Sheehan Agency is here to help with all of your insurance needs for auto, home, and life, and we service Illinois and Indiana. Also, if you mention the Fat Mike Markdown,
0: $10 will be donated to a local charitable organization through our Quotes for Good program in your name. Remember, that's 815-306-0184 or suzyshehan.com. Thanks so much. Get on it,
1: everybody. Woo-hoo. Welcome back to Hubes, Views, and Brews, and uh, thanks to all of our sponsors here on the 1252 Sports Network. Uh, A little uh, programming reminder. This is just for me, and uh, I had a chance before I uh, did the show today. Ran on out to The Place and is a uh, cigar shop in downtown Downers Grove. And I'm going to be on uh, a podcast called cigars in Chicago sports uh, with Steve Cass and Phil Sullivan uh, coming up on, I think on Wednesday you'll be able to get it on Apple podcasts and a lot of other podcasts. I went o- went on over, had a cigar, talked to uh, Steve, uh, had a great time talking a lot of uh, sports, enjoying their place, the place. And uh, it was fun. So um, maybe have a little bit of uh, I have not had a cigar in a couple of years and uh after a little while, I said, oh, man, this is actually very cool. I got to get back into uh, cigar smoking maybe. We'll see. It was. Uh, I've got a lot of cigars here that I've let dry up a little bit. But they say you can bring them back. So I turn my humidor, put some wa- distilled water in the thing, and we'll see how they turn out. Or maybe uh, next time my brothers come over, I can go sit on the porch with my brother and uh, actually have a smoke with him. So uh, depending on whatever he's smoking and Timmy usually watches these, so I won't comment any further, Um, but talk a little bit of beer, and then I got a What's Up Fred's can, a couple of them really quickly, but um, I mentioned that what I was drinking today was a chocolate cream, okay, this came in the box of chocolates, four pack, this is a chocolate cream, uh, Imperial Stout with cocoa nibs, and it's from uh, Black Lung, and from Riverlands, what happened this year was eight different breweries combined for four beers, and they sold them in a four-pack together for Valentine's Day. And you were able to pick them up on Friday, Saturday, uh, some on Sunday. A lot of the breweries closed uh in time so they can get home and watch the Super Bowl. Very, very cool idea, but I'm sure you can get them somewhere else. And the breweries that uh combined was Miskatonic and Skeleton Key combined on a um uh honey almond nugget beer, and I had that. At skeleton key on friday really really good really tasty sat with john jacoby and had a beer and uh sat and chat with chatted with him for quite a while then brother chimp and oswego brewing they combined on a vanilla cream stout and so Hopped brewing and wolfton brewing had a black forest cherry uh beer so i've got all those to taste i've already had like i said the black lung and riverlands the chocolate cream. I'm enjoying that today. It's 10.5. So I'm probably going to put it's a Monday night watching bulls and hawks. Maybe I will have one of the other box of chocolates and, uh, I got nowhere where to go tonight. So, but they're very, very tasty. If you get a chance and if you're into that kind of stuff into the, um, stouts, the chocolate stouts, the vanilla cream stouts, check it out. They all did a great, great job. Um, let's see here, the black brewers in the area and, uh, we talk about Black Horizon. We had Charles and Clair on for Black Horizon before. Moore's Brewing. We've had a couple of the Moore's beers. I had I had them on. I had their IPA and I think their Session uh, Ale. Uh, Funky Town Brewing and Turner House Brewing. They combined with Black Horizon. They collaborated on a uh, beer called Uncommon. It came out yesterday. I had a chance. I was invited to come on out to Haymarket Brewing on the west side of the city because that's where they were combining to make the beer. Haymarket did a really cool thing. They had a six-week residency for the black brewers that did not have their own brewery right now. A lot of the brewers are making their beer at other places, but what they did was at Haymarket, they brought these black brewers in, they combined on the beer, and they were able to make some of their beers there. Haymarket Brewing right there on randolph and halston right on the corner if you get a chance check it out haymarket's an awesome place uh a great area right there on randolph uh just west of the city really really cool so um that's very cool i did not get a chance but i'm thinking that i'll be able to get the uncommon at black horizon and maybe also at um orange and brew we'll see if we can pick it up there and buckle down brewing couple of weeks ago, we talked with uh, Mike Orcutt from Buckledown Brewing and Lions, and they're coming up with a tangerine seltzer this week. I think they had a raspberry seltzer. And a lot of the breweries are starting to branch off into other things. Now, I'm a beer guy, okay? I'm not a seltzer guy just because, you know, I haven't given it a chance, okay? But when I'm drinking my beer, I figure I'm going to stick with this. But a lot of the people, especially the breweries, when they know that they're getting other people in – and younger people and maybe some women also coming into the breweries a lot of women love beer but a lot of women don't and they want to try seltzers so buckle down has a tangerine seltzer that's coming out later this week also called pinwheel like the raspberry was you'll be able to get that this weekend at a buckle down brewing so that's very very cool uh beer wise coming up this saturday i get a chance to go with my neighbor jason and his brother-in-law And I'm looking for one more person to go with me. Uh, We're going over to the Westmont Winter Beer Fest at Ty Warner Park in Westmont. Uh, Dustin Cleefish does it. He puts it together. He works for the Westmont Park District. I've been to the first two that they had. They weren't able to have one because of COVID. And I cannot wait to get back out there this Saturday. It goes from 3 until 7. You can walk up and buy tickets. I think it's $45. You get a glass. It goes from three to seven. They have three or four food trucks. They have bonfires. Um, see what it's going to be like on Saturday, temperature-wise. And uh, it was a great time, the one times I've been there before. The uh, tents they have are heated. So even though it's cold outside, nice and toasty in the tents. And I can't wait. Looking forward to the Westmount Winter Beer Fest. There's a Naperville Beer Fest coming up the week after. Now, we'll see how I feel after the Westmont Winter Beer Fest on Saturday to see if I go to the Naperville Beer Fest. I was supposed to go, or I was invited by Chet Brett uh, to the Polar Beer Fest. And that's on the top of Rock Bottom Brewing downtown. It was this past Saturday. And I know that um, uh, Heather from uh, First Forest Brewing was there and some of the other, a lot of breweries. I had been there before. That's where I had, um, I got a chance to meet a lot of the brewers when I went out there rock bottom in downtown uh illinois right there on downtown chicago i'm sorry on uh grand and state really really good beer and uh they put on a great polar beer fest uh did not have a chance to get down there on saturday but i know that everybody that went had a very very good time so um we will as we go along we'll have more beer guests and things like that we'll try to get people on from Wolfden. I know I've talked to some of the guys from Wolfton when I ran into them at Skeleton Key one day. We'll get some people on from Wolfton and other things. But uh, I do have a couple things that are up my can, and let's get to those as quick as we can. Well, maybe it's just because you're ugly.
0: Ugly? you got to be kidding me. Come
2: on! Time for What's Up Fred's Can on 1252 Sports Chicago.
1: Now, this was bothering me throughout the course of the game. And late in the game, you heard Chris Collinsworth just with his hyperbole going crazy about, this could be the greatest Super Bowl. This could be Aaron Donald could be the best defensive player that ever played. Oh, my God. And I was feeling this way. And I saw Lewis Riddick, a guy that apparently nobody in the NFL wants to hire as a general manager. He gets interviews. He knows a ton about the NFL. He's been in player personnel in the NFL for a while, but he pretty much posted the same thing. And I'm going to paraphrase it here. Why is it that after every single Super Bowl game, it's either the best of all time, the worst of all time, there's always got to be best of worst of. Why is it that today in today's world, Everything's got to be the best or the worst or this was awful, this was terrible, the worst halftime show ever, the best halftime show ever. There's been 56 of them. Maybe someone likes Up with People. Okay, Up with People I think was the Super the uh, Super Bowl halftime in Super Bowl one, two or three, something like that. Okay, I kind of liked Aerosmith and Britney Spears and um, Justin Timberlake back in the day. I loved Prince. There's a lot of them. And everyone's saying, Oh, this was the best. This was the worst. What was the best commercial? What was the worst? God, can we not just calm down and enjoy life? The Larry David commercial was very damn funny yesterday when he sits there with Thomas Edison. He goes, Thomas, I don't think it's going to work when well, he turns on the light bulb. Great stuff. I loved it. But and then the one with the, the uh, QR code just running around the screen really stupid. Um, but they paid millions of dollars and they must have thought it was good. And then Bud just for bud bud seltzer bud light you name it whatever it is there was a bud commercial out there um i don't know if i told you and i don't work for a radio station anymore but i cannot drink budweiser and usually any budweiser product uh here's a great story i was doing a uh i was doing a bears show like for the first half of a bears game at a bar on the south side it was an irish bar i cannot remember the name of it and the guys from Bud Light were there it was sponsored by Bud Light I was promoting Bud Light and I got there we did a little pre-game show what I used to do is I would give out coasters and I would put names of players and we would do a fan and basically it was fantasy football and anytime someone scored if you had the coaster that I had written that player's name on you won a prize so the rep from Bud Weiser Bud Light was saying, he goes, would you like a beer. I said, you know what? I got to leave at halftime. I got to get home. I don't want, I'm going to drive. I don't want to. And he said, we have Michelob too. I said, I'll take one of those. And he looked at me, he goes, I understand. I can't drink Bud. I can't drink Bud Light. I can drink Mick, Michelob. I can drink Mick Ultra. You know, watching those, watching those carbs. Uh, but anyway, I can't, I can't drink Budweiser. And every one of the commercials, they've had great commercials in the past. The frogs, all the other stuff, you know, the toads. Uh, really good stuff, but I can't can't drink Bud Light. Sorry if there's anybody out there that loves Budweiser. <sighs> that was my buddy's my buddy's daughter, uh, my buddy Larry Griffin, his daughter, um, his daughter Chrissy. We went to Canada after she got out of college. She had went gone to school at Eastern Illinois, which my lovely girlfriend Linda also went to Eastern Illinois. They were there at different years, um, and we're in Canada drinking Molson Golden and Moosehead and all this stuff. And this was. Hell oh seven oh eight or oh eight or oh nine somewhere around there. And she orders a bud light, and I said, Chrissy, you gotta you you gotta expand your horizons. You can't be drinking Bud light just because that's what they gave you at Eastern Illinois, okay? And uh, Chrissy has gotten into craft beer. She likes dovehead, she likes beguile or dovetail. I'm sorry. She loves dovetail, she likes beguile. And uh, I got to get up there one day in the spring or summer and we could go bar hopping up in the uh, north side of the city. And uh, I'm very proud of her. She's expanded her horizons and now is not a Bud Light drinker. And I'm very happy. Sorry, Bud Light. But I I just had to to get her to expand her horizons. And the last thing that's up my can is usually when the NFL season comes to an end, time for baseball. Today in the athletic, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich, the two baseball writers for the Athletic, said there is no reason to believe that the baseball season will start on time. Saturday, the owners gave the Players Association a um, proposal, and apparently it's not enough. Now, I've heard a lot of people on the players' side, and usually fans are on the players' side, not the owner's side. The thing is, once The owners have something. It's hard for them to give it up. So there's got to be some give and take on both sides. Eventually there will be. But there's no reason for these guys not to get together every day and talk. They didn't talk for the longest time. Now it's in February and they're talking a little bit more often. It's crap. We wanted to see the baseball season start. We wanted to see pitchers and catchers in camp already. Okay, If it wasn't now, they would have been in camp at the end of this week. That's not happening. And that's frustrating as hell, because I love my baseball. You see my White Sox right back here. The White Sox have a season where they they could be uh, contending, making the playoffs for the third year in a row. That's unheard of as a White Sox fan. Heck, two years in a row was unheard of until this past year. So the baseball owners and the Baseball Players Association have to figure it out, because baseball needs to come around. Otherwise, it's soccer. And nobody out there, including especially my brother Timmy, doesn't want me talking soccer. But the Chicago Fire have signed a Swiss striker named uh, Shakiri. No, it's not Shakira. Shakiri, he's very, very good. He can score. He's a guy that's going to score goals at Soldier Field. They also picked up a scorer from the Philadelphia Union this year, and they brought in a central defender from Cologne, Germany. And they are working. They're spending money. They're trying to do things. So there may be some excitement in soccer. And if baseball doesn't start, the Major League Soccer season starts the last week of February. Fire opened their season on March 5th. We may be sitting here talking soccer. (coughs) If baseball doesn't get their stuff together. So you should want baseball to get their uh, crap together. Because otherwise, we're breaking down the Chicago Fire on a weekly basis. Thanks to Fat Mike for jumping on in. Don't forget his show on Wednesdays. He is the guy that runs it all here on the 1252 network. You got all the shows. You got Mike Hughes' show. You got Harry on Friday. You got David Schuster and the Schuster Express. All these shows because of my guy, Fat Mike. He's put it all together. So check it out. 1252 Sports. You can catch us here on Facebook. You can see us on YouTube, Twitch, and also you can hear us on Spotify. Thanks a lot. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk again next Monday right here on Hughes Views, and Brews. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to 1252 Sports Chicago.